captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl, Old Guy for season four, episode 19, The Right Thing. I'm neither the new girl nor the old guy. My name is Ali Lasher and I'm here with the great Akiva Winokur. How's it going, Keeve? Uh, how long has it been? Two weeks? Three weeks? Who's counting? Hopefully our audience is not. You mean not because they're just happy to have us back or they've already fled the coop and they're they're gone? <laughs> no, no. Hopefully, the, you know, it didn't feel like such a big loss as we... I'd like to blame your Groundhog Week schedule, but that was actually not the problem. No, nobody's at fault. But let's go with that. You were very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, Justin Ramsey wrote a question in that took me out when I read it today. Uh, is it important for a therapist to display good listening skills? <laughs> uh, what's this in reference to? This is in reference to your claim on Groundhog Day, which I, I want to plug that. And I plugged this on. I was on with uh, Grace and some other RHAP folks playing uh, Sushi Go earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And I, I plugged Groundhog Week. because so I was That's like, so it's nice really great. Um, so it's a really, really great product. If you haven't checked it out, Rob. Akiva and Eric Stein, three of the great RHAP podcast personalities, uh, watched Groundhog Day every day for a week and did a podcast about it. And it sounds like a terrible idea. It probably was a terrible idea, but it was a great prod, uh, podcast. And you on that podcast said, Close the door. Do you think I would be, not close the door, but do you think I would be a good therapist, Rob? And I. But why'd you laugh? Take. I don't understand. Well, I'll leave it to this audience to decide if you would be a good therapist. I think the highs would be high. I, I think the risk of low. a therapist is that the lows are too low. Like yeah, you the really lows are too have low. no I margin agree. for lows as yeah. a therapist. That's what, I explained this. I don't know if it was in this context or something else. Oh, you know what? On, on an episode that has not been released yet of um, the podcast uh, called Pod Friends, I was explaining why I don't think I was a good teacher in that um, – I also think I'm like high highs and low lows at work, and you don't want the low like you you want more a steady more steady presence, you know, which is why I don't think I was a good teacher. So I think it's the same thing here. I don't think you have low lows at your current gig. No, but I think your it's, own I, estimation. But, yeah, but I, I I think you're it's easier certain jobs like creative jobs or whatever. It's easier to have low lows. Who cares? Nobody dies. Nobody. As you know. a lawyer once said in a presentation I never forgot from law school. My job is not life or death, and that is by design. So I yeah. guess that's like right. a surgeon that's why I would be really the world's worst day. doctor. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's ever like, wow, great surgery. You really did you really did a good job there. But they're like, man, that's the third one you've killed this week. That's then they're mad, you know? A friend of a friend is like an eye surgeon, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like out to dinner and we were all going to go out after. And he was like, I've got to go home. And I was like, why? Like, no, stay out. And he was like, I have surgery at like 6 a.m. And I was like, have a good night. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah, shudder to think that my therapist, <laughs> my surgeon is being is like, having one last drink. to stay out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was extremely responsible. He went uh, right home after dinner. Um, all right. But let's get to this episode because there's a lot to talk about and we have little time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this aired March 31st, 2015. 
which is like three weeks. Speaking of taking three weeks off, I think the last episode, the the 18th episode was March 7th. Unless you think I everyone looks older? No, you're right. But do you think everyone looks older? I don't think anyone looks older. I'm just like, what ha- What was happening that... I think they took four weeks off. March well, Madness, like, why? you know? I don't know. Again, I mean, th- those shows in only glass... 22 times. They used to have, those... uh, yeah, in, gl- in houses that take weeks off shouldn't throw... <laughs> I was going to say, those in glass scheduling, houses with scheduling issues shouldn't throw stones. Um, Kiwi's Digest, the right... I almost watched the wrong episode, uh, but I did watch <sighs> this one. The right thing... Jess realizes that a guy she's been on two dates with has passed away. Meanwhile, Schmidt's mom, we meet Schmidt's mom. She's in town. Um, and I guess also uh, Winston's trying to be friends with uh, Allie. It's very hard to be friends with an Allie. They, they, you know, they put their guard <laughs> up. Um, but, yeah, so we have a lot of things going on. Honestly, the Jess and, um, and, and Cece also comes with her. The that backstory, that that story, and the Schmidt story are both A stories. I don't think we've had this really that many times in in the series. Maybe in a season finale, I felt like both of these stories probably should have been explored more. Like we didn't, you know what I mean? That they were sort of like both bigger stories. Um, yeah, but I think that um, makes a lot of sense. Is a good point, and even with the. Um... Hannah Shapiro episode title test. I think this episode title relates to uh, at least the first two stories. And maybe even you could make a case for the Ali Winston story. But um, producer Kelly wants to know, which was your favorite story of the three? I really like the idea of having, I think like we could probably get more into the idea of her going on two dates with this guy who also had a girlfriend and he dies. I I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good episode. When I saw that, uh, like concept, and I it, this was I actually think this is one of the better episodes of the series. But I do think they didn't like mine that part for as much as they could have. And I think ultimately, like the Schmidt's mom stuff and and Schmidt and, and like a sort of like side note of the Schmidt's mom story is that Schmidt and Nick are trying to get Schmidt's bar mitzvah money so they could buy ten percent of the bar for twenty thousand dollars. So that stuff How ended does, up being better. I'm curious, how do these things work? Like, is there a world they thought this would be two episodes and because of some of the, like, was there supposed to be a separate episode that would air in between this period and they had to make this two? Because I agree with you. Like, Schmidt's mom could have been its own episode with a little B and C plots for the rest of the gang or really more of, like, Jess try even the, even the bit of like Jess really trying to win Schmidt's approval Schmidt's mom's approval which is like two seconds could have been Jess's entire little story absolutely line. oh yeah, yeah that could be a main episode of like I would love to see like Jess and Schmidt's mom hanging out like becoming friends or trying to become friends I think that would be funny we have JJ Watt as a as a, uh, a visitor to this like sort of funeral situation uh they didn't use him that much JJ Watt just retired this month from the NFL, but uh, that was like a fun cameo. Producer Kelly says, what What are your thoughts on J.J. Watt in the episode and in general? And then Matt Stewart says, who would the J.J. Watt be now? I mean, it could easily be J.J. It could probably be T.J. Watt, his brother, who's now like one of the best, if not the best defensive players in the NFL. I mean, I know J.J. Watt. I don't know T.J. Watt. Yeah, his brother is really, really good now. Um, 
JJ retired. I think he's only like 33, but he, he sort of got old quickly. He's still good. But, uh, he, <laughs> that is so he, rude. He got old quickly. No, that's how you talk with Brutal. sports things. No, you know? I know. It's just such a funny way to say it. He, you know, it's hard to age gracefully in the NFL, especially if you're not a quarterback. I think, um, yeah, it would probably be TJ Watt. Yeah, JJ Watt was like very, he was all over the place. Then he was very into. Uh, he is very into charity. He famously raised like fifty million dollars after the after the Houston um, Hurricanes and stuff. So he's a good guy, but he's also known as like a little bit of, of a tryhard. But I think towards the end of his career, he he had like a higher. He always had a high approval rating, but I think now like he doesn't have as many haters. He used to have haters. You know, it's funny that you say they could have used him more. I actually think they used him quite a bit and, like, the max that I was interested in him being used. That's fair. That's fair. Like, he had lines. He did the singing. And, like, good for him. Like, he he, he really tried. So, it make, it's consistent with his reputation. And, like, that's it. Like, I didn't need to see him in, like, more of a plot. At, at yeah. some point, then, I want a real actor if he's going to have something to do. True, true, true. I do wonder. I, I wanted to see more of, like, the funeral stuff and the girlfriend. I think that would have been funny. Um... It is kind of crazy. Like a sports agent dies, and he has like ten people at his. It's not really a funeral, but it's sort of at like the house. People are just sort of mourning. I guess it just happened, like pre-funeral. But it just calls think, it a like, memorial. Yeah, you think there'd be more people there? Like the whole point of being a sports agent is like you're you're like the alt, you know ultimate people person, right? Yeah. No. Pe- more people were at Nick's dad's funeral, and like. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. and this is like said, as you get older, fewer and fewer people come to your funeral. Like for a young right. man, but this to guy die is probably thirty something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's no parents not... didn't even seem. But let's talk about the main question here, which is a very Seinfeldian question asked mm-hmm. in sort of a non-Seinfeldian way on the episode of like, when do you need to go to the funeral? I yeah. feel like this is asked in like the pony remark episode <clears throat> of Seinfeld, and that's like. You know, I think what Seinfeld does better than New Girl, I mean, the list could go on, but like in this context, is there's two, there is like a justifiable argument for going and why you have to go, but why you don't want to go. Here, yes. it's insane. I think objectively, we could say Jess should not attend even a larger funeral of a man she went on two dates with. I say, I think you're wrong. Ooh. Okay. So I, I was thinking about this. When I saw like the the pre I saw the premise when I like was looking for what the right episode was. And I assumed it was somebody who she had gone like two dates with, let's say, a year ago. And then I think you don't have to go to the funeral. This is the person she is currently dating. I think it would be bizarre for her not to be there, actually. I think you do have to go two dates. I don't think she's gonna like get a speech, you know, I don't think she's gotta speak to anybody or or you know, make a big deal out of it. I think if you're currently dating a person, for sure you have to go to their funeral. I mean, she could, like she said, no, she could say (laughs) that she was the last person. She said she was the last person to text him. You know, he could have died speaking to her. I think you have to like, I don't think going to the maybe you're saying like it's, uh, you know, a cultural thing. But like, I think if you are dating, yes, it's two dates. But I think if you're like. Yeah, I think I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's Do a big know? deal to go to the funeral is what I'm saying, basically. So it's I not guess, like a big commitment. I think this is why they had to make it small. Besides, I don't know, extra fees or whatever. Like, when she arrives and it's an intimate 
gathering at the house, then it becomes automatically inappropriate that she came, whether or not you're yes. on coach's side. Yeah, but you can't walk out of the house. Can't be like, uh, bye. No, no, but then it becomes like a clear mistake. So yes. people like us don't have to disagree to like buy into the rest right, of the Right, because this isn't a funeral. This is a, this is like a close friends and family memorial. And sure, if she slips into the back of the funeral and it's a huge turnout, no one, like you said, nobody knows anything. It doesn't matter. But where I think your moho is showing is that two dates means they're dating. He, This man had enough time to save the sex as her ID she was not mm-hmm. the last text that he got. That is Jess's description of events. Yes. And he still did not respond to her. Like, and he turns out to be, have, has another girlfriend. But even if he wasn't a scumbag and was cheating on his girlfriend, two dates is he, not dating You're saying he me. deserved to die. No, I'm saying that Jess and this guy could both justifiably be going on two dates with each other and dating five other people. Absolutely. Like, he Absolutely. is not dating her. So it's crazy to show up to the funeral on two dates. Now I am crazy. So I've often thought about this when somebody takes a long time to respond and I'm on early <laughs> dates. Like I have thought this myself. Yeah. Like, he's not with another point, girl. He's dead. At what point am I dating someone mm-hmm. that I would have to show up to the funeral? And I think that's the question we need to decide here. You're saying two dates, but two Mo'o dates are not two Jess and the sky dates. I, I understand. And she says they haven't slept together. I don't know I, that you do understand. I do understand. I because because you're here's the difference with the with maybe it, religious or growing up the son of a rabbi who has to go to a shiva house. Like I'll be he'll he'll visit us in Israel, and I'll be like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Oh, I have to go to two shivas." I'll be like, "Here." Yeah, he's always going to shiva houses like constantly. Um. So I think to me it's just not as big of a deal, you know. And I'm lazy, so I hate going to stuff like this. But it's not a big deal I don't think it's a big if you deal. know the per- especially. Okay, so PK said, "What are the actual rules when going to a funeral besides skiing?" Which is obvious. <laughs> are funeral rules different from wake and or shiva? Now, I-, I think a funeral is easier to go to because there's no socializing aspect of it. A wake or a shiva is very intimate like you come in you pay the respects to the family like you yes. can't kind of come in privately and walk out you have to talk to the family and say right. how you know the person right um i don't know if they do this at all but at orthodox ones you like physically before you go before you leave you like walk over to the person and say like a like a short prayer like to their face so <laughs> you pray you in their really... face <laughs> it's like it's like a 10 word thing blessing but like the it, it's you know it's and sometimes like a bunch of people can get up at once and you can sort of say it all together, but uh, it can get yeah, it can get awkward. If it, it would, it, it would be awkward. you could you're at the position where the person might say, "I'm sorry, what's your name?" and like that's not a conversation you want to have, you know? Well, that, okay, so that I think is the rule. If you don't, if you can't, if the family doesn't already know about you, then I don't. As a dater, mm-hmm. then I don't think you go. Now, now she also said there were the dates were good though, you know. Right, obviously the family's not going to know all of the person's friends. If you don't know that the family knows you, then you do not attend the funeral as a dater. That's just my rule I'm going to lay out there. If like yeah, I don't think there should now be the a person girlfriend could have a boyfriend. reveal. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I don't think a reveal is appropriate at a funeral. Now, if you're a coworker, that so either in a dating and romantic context, the fa- you have to know that the family knows about you. In any other context, you have to have something that you are willing to say to the family. So 
I'm I'm Joey's friend from work. You could just I'm say friend. friend. You don't have to say like I'm Joey's friend from You don't have to say, kickball. you know. Yeah. Exactly. You could just say like yeah, yeah, yeah we're you, they're not going to ask other follow-up questions where do you know him from? You could just say friend. Oh, wh- what rooms are you walking into? If you walk up to somebody and say, "I'm your dead brother's friend." How'd you Oh, how did you meet? Like 100% that's what that per- like as somebody who uh, had to be at a Shiva funeral for mm-hmm. like, so, you know, like not that you've never done that, but just like, I can think to my like dad's funeral and Shiva, like you're, you're begging as a family for a reason to keep talking to these people. Like I've got, uh, so, what do you think I'm not uh, going to so, pull on it. the so You're saying thread? you need to, the most basic question is like, how do you, how do you know him for people you don't know? Yeah, what am I going to do? But are you nervous then like, that you, you should know? anything good on Netflix? Right. Aren't, no, but aren't you nervous with that question? that you maybe are supposed to like supposed to know the person and like you're asking I'm expected to know every single person that my mom dad or brother or aunts and uncles and ever interact with because a lot of people come no of course you're not supposed to but but, and maybe this is a face blindness thing for me we're like screaming I'm I'm sorry (laughs) sorry I'm always no no I'm screaming oh I'm so nervous that I'm gonna ask someone who are you and it's like someone I'm obviously supposed to know but this could be a face blindness thing also. I think you get a funeral Shiva pass. Like if anybody out there is holding a grudge that I wasn't at my best, then they can kick rocks. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I think you get the pass. Yeah. Why do you hate Allie? Well, <laughs> that's very honestly, that's giving real housewives of Potomac, like, or real housewives of people like come to the funeral or the, or the wake to like get credit. It's like, I hate her because I went to her father's funeral and she didn't thank me enough. Honestly, that's a real plot point on The Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> yeah, I think it, um, yeah, I, I really like the the uh, the discussion of like how many dates. Because Jess seemed to be really into him, you know, like what if they were two great dates? Like there have been, sometimes people go on two dates and know who they're, they're going to marry the person, you know? Well, if she thought she was getting ghosted, then clearly they weren't on the same page. But she was being ghosted. She didn't think she was being ghosted. She Literally was, ghosted. She was literally being ghosted. <laughs> That's a weird scene also, like very briefly, uh, where the girlfriend walks in and sees a paint can and says like, oh, I thought it was a ghost. Uh, that was like a very strange throwaway line. Yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to feel less bad for her because they make her kooky and weird and dumb. Like, I don't know. Like, because right. otherwise it's it's almost too, it's too tragic sad. of a story yeah, yeah, yeah. for. They should have made her like girl. a bad person. Like, and then Jess would feel like less bad about, uh, you know, stealing some lady's boyfriend. Uh, let's get into Schmidt's storyline, because honestly, we should split this into two episodes. But since New Girl didn't, we won't either. Um, I do like I will just say at the top in credit to. uh the the writers i feel like the way that they all talk in the beginning and each set up their storyline like with one sentence was very helpful for a podcaster so thank you to the writers um but all right nick has an investment opportunity he they he wants them to buy 10 percent of the bar so it's five percent each for twenty thousand. um they have half the money from the swoot and schmidt's going to have to get his bar mitzvah money Topical for you. I know you've recently talked about your bar mitzvah money mm-hmm. uh, from his mom who is visiting. A lot of questions about this. This First is, all, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, please. 
I found this very relatable because I still probably have not sent out all my thank you cards for my bar mitzvah. Like, I, I found them at some point recently, like the extra. I think I did. My parents made me send them, but like maybe the wedding. I think the wedding. Maybe we like had a, like the, the like people who were late giving gifts. I think maybe we were just like had never re, re, you know did the final batch of thank you cards. Like you know six months later or whatever. Um, Producer Kelly says, "What's the statute of limitation on thank you cards, and do kids still do these now?" I think they have to. I'm it sure is. there's like tacky people who do like thank you emails or whatever, but I, 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 like I had the cards with my name on it. You probably did too, like the, you know, and then you had to like send everyone. The problem is I have baby handwriting, so it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I hated doing them. I know when you get an invitation, you also get thank you cards that match to later send, and like. I think all kids hate them. I love sending a handwritten thank you now. Like, I love thank you notes now. I think they're easier to write now. I think the problem when you're a kid is you're writing to people you genuinely don't know. Dear Aunt Lucinda, uh, thank you so much for the generous check, uh, the generous gift. I was so happy you were able to come to my apartment. Like, you don't know the personal fact. You don't know the cannonball. That they have a pool because you're writing to your mom's friends or your right. distant relatives. Now, I absolutely love sending a thank you. I do have a complaint. So my yeah. mom and brother are still fighting about my brother's thank you notes from his wedding because he's a jerk. But so I think people are still doing this and struggling. However, now I know why my mom and Schmidt's mom and women like them withhold gifts until you write the thank you. Because I now that I attend several weddings, I have sent checks that i can verify were cash so at least there's that or gifts off the registry especially when i don't come and i ship it and i don't get a thank you i want to just know that you got the gift i don't really care what you write in it i mean it's very nice to get a nice note but like i'm out here wondering if you know so and so got that tray i sent and i'll just never know and so maybe they don't think i sent a gift and it's rude for me to be like hey two years later did you ever get that trivet I sent you guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, you handed out trivets. Whatever. I'm just making up. But, like, it is frustrating to not get confirmation of receipt. I mean, people confirm receipt of important emails. Like, the thank you note is, I think, required. Even if I got an email, like, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Oh, well, how about this? Thank you. Presents going forward. Next wedding you go to. You give a check. And also, I... I disavow you. I like absolve you of having to write me a thank you note. Well, that oh, you mean because that I can two gifts in one. In I'm my saying bank account that they checked two gifts in one. Like maybe in you the know, notes of the check. Don't write a thank you note. This is your present. <laughs> I have told that to many people for many things. When I know they got like if they'll text me and then they'll be like, "Can I have your address?" I'm like, not really in the wedding context because you don't text somebody mm-hmm. about the address. And I'll write like, "Don't send me a thank you." But usually the people I'm saying it to insist anyway. But I do mean it if I say don't send me a thank you. I just want to know you got it. A text message is fine. But I'm pro yeah, thank I, you. I, I, you're going to text someone? Like when you're getting 100 different wedding gifts, you're going to text everyone like, hey, I got the gift. And what then takes less like, send time, a thank you right? note? No, yep, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, saying oh, so instead. you can text me if you want in lieu of the thank you. But I am pro thank you. But my number one priority is confirmation of receipt of the gift confirmation receipt okay fair enough yeah i do think the texting hey i really appreciate it It was so great having you at the wedding thank you for this uh silver trivet um yeah i think that's like better than the thank you note i would do it 
I actually sent a gift very late, honestly. I was supposed to go to a wedding in August and I couldn't make it. So I just mm -hmm. sent the gift a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess it's not that late. You have like a year. And, but it was obviously like well after they had gotten the majority of their gifts. So they both actually sent me each an individual text. And that's totally fine. Like, I do not expect or want a thank you. Not want. I mean, I'll put it on my fridge if they send it. But like, that was totally a sufficient thank you. You put thank you notes on the fridge? For a period of time. You know, one of my kids got um, a, a good score on, on their test. And I was like, oh, let's put that on the fridge. It was like one of these 110 things where it's like, <laughs> I didn't get, I never got, a, I didn't Who's know it was above it anyway? 100. And, um, and then one of my other kids was like, no, that's like arrogant to like put a, you know, like put a, what do you say? Like, oh, we're so smart. Like, no, everyone knows, always does, does that, done that, right? Like put the, you, did you ever have test scores on the fridge or no? Well, so we did not have a magnetic fridge. Mm -hmm. And then when we did have a magnetic fridge, my mom didn't want to scratch up the nice fridge with magnets. Now right, so, right. my, my fridge, mom also now wouldn't. That's true. My mom, my fridge though is like everything goes in the fridge. I have a million magnets because I was not. It's like not being a mantle kid. Like now, when I get everyone's yeah. holiday cards, I display them under my TV. Like I do what was mm -hmm. what what I pictured like the perfect home did. Like throw up. Oh, you left me a note. It's going on the fridge. I don't think it's arrogant. I mean, I guess if their friends are coming over, then it feels like a brag. Yeah, I guess like the stainless steel fridges, like the the more trendy fridges now, you're not really going to put magnets on them. That's true. But we, yeah, ours is I think no, I don't know, but that yeah, we I, I don't mind putting them on. Um all right. Two questions from Felipe. You're welcome to answer one or the other both. Um how do you feel about roller rinks on a scale from walking in the park to bowling? Where does it fall in the post-COVID? How gross is this activity in hindsight? And then also, can Akiva define what a twink is for the audience? Oh, boy. Okay, so roll, <laughs> what's the question? How gross is a roller rink? What do you think about roller rinks? Yeah, I I, I guess because like, you're renting skates or blades. I have no problem with in. it. I have no problem with it. Yeah, there's same. No, there's no foot COVID. What are you going to do? Wear a nice pair of socks. You're fine. Um, I, I don't love roller skating, to be honest. I liked roller blading when it came out. Uh, I gave it up pretty quickly, <laughs> but I don't love roller skating. I like ice skating way more. I would love to see a clip of you ice skating. I was a good skater. I used to go with my uh, Canadian grandfather frequently on Sundays to ice skate. So I was at one point like a pretty competent ice skater. I'm not doubting you in your youth. I mean, right now, if you could you go, go to skating, we go rink. skating. We'll have a I race. I don't want to go. I want to be clear. I don't want to go. Oh, I want to okay. see a clip. So you want to see a video? Yeah, okay. Ella could take a video of you on the on I'll the ice Ella. with uh, Noam skating circles around you. Um, yeah, I, I, ice skating I, I, big in Israel feels kind of gentile. It's not big. There's not a lot of ice here at all. There used to be a mall that for, for like two years, like had sort of like uh, they brought one in, but I don't think they've done it recently. Um. All right. So, do you want to define what a twink is, or you? Get a pass on that. I don't. I I know the term. I've heard it so many times. Is it like I'm gonna? I, I don't want to get canceled. You tell okay. me what it is, and I'll tell you. And then I'll tell you after how close I was. You are canceled. Uh, yeah, I mean, my understanding it is a uh, usually a man, a, a queer man, uh, who's more slim. 
Yeah, I thought I was. I was just thinking like side. short. I was thinking like shorter, but okay, I was close. Okay. Um, I do like the the detail that they made the ten grand on the swoot. Um, th- so many things cracked me up. Like we don't have enough time really to like go through it. I almost want to just like read all of the script. Like I thought this was a really well done, funny episode. Like when Schmidt's running through the loft based on income, and he's like, "Well, let's see. Uh, we got the middle school vice president, the cop, the gym teacher. Let's not forget about the community college student." I was crying at that. And Winston has so many good lines. I think this episode too. Yeah. Th- no. This is uh, honestly, this is like a top five episode for me. Oh, I agree. I like. Also, I forget about this episode truly. So like. You know, sometimes I know it by title. Sometimes when it starts, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is a great episode. I think this is an underrated episode. Because by me, at I least. have no idea of how much it's rated. So that I can't say. Maybe it's considered the best episode and I'm not even dropping hot take. No, no, I, I think it's underrated. Like, I wouldn't have thought of this. If I named, like, the top 10 most iconic New Girl episodes. I mean, not that this is necessarily iconic. But if I were just to think of, like, the first 10 episodes that came to mind... This wouldn't mm-hmm. have been in it prior to the podcast. It's very, here's the thing, and I've been talking about this for years, I feel like. There's a big difference between what makes a show, and really Rob's been talking about this on Renap, but like, there's a huge difference between what makes something a good show and what makes something a good show to podcast about. Yes. And I feel that heavily with New Girl episodes. I think this is probably in the middle of the Venn diagram, but part of what makes it so enjoyable for me in this context is that it's a lot of meat on the bone to talk about and it's organized really helpfully yeah i agree and uh, so we haven't talked about schmidt's mom a lot uh i wanted to know i like schmidt's mom i thought she like did a pretty good job of uh sort of like i mean she was playing into like a caricature of being a jewish mom caricature but i i do like i i would want to definitely see more of her i'm not sure if we do um I also she's not jewish nora dunn though right no, but here's some trivia. Nora Dunn, who plays Schmidt's mom, starred on SNL with John Lovitz, who plays Schmidt's rabbi. So it's a okay. real uh, reunion. Well, they were not on the episode together, so technically they were not reunioned, reunited. Well, presumably Schmidt goes to the rabbi that his mom went to. I guess not because it's in L.A. Is that the... Yeah, I think Actually, so. there's not really enough there because the rabbi really seems to know schmidt so we're saying schmidt has his own rabbi in la yeah i guess that is weird if you think about it but maybe now that i'm thinking more about it you think he goes to temple every friday night i guess maybe cruising for chicks i mean i guess he is sitting he's you think he's going to the temples where you could sit next to a chick now maybe louise had a relationship with this rabbi and set him up and so like schmidt has somewhere to go for the high holidays and now it makes sense that i said it's a reunion all right, sold. Matt Stewart says, "Do either of you have a Schmidt-like relationship with your mother?" Well, how how would you define that? What do you think he's asking there exactly? I mean, I had my own agenda with asking this question because I just want to like I think it's basically like how realistic is this from our perspective? In some ways, I think some of the interactions, like the fact that he asked her the bar mitzvah money, and she's like, "Yeah, absolutely," as soon as you do your thank you notes or she's just looking weird at his sweater and he's like what what's wrong with my sweater is it too dark and she's like maybe a little dark like that is my mom just looks at me and i say don't examine me and she laughs like i can tell when she's looking at me to like mm-hmm. look at me 
And then sometimes it's like the least accurate thing of all time. And I'm like, that's not really like, for example, the sweater that she supplies, which JCR wants to flag that it's the Chris Evans sweater and knives out. That to me is a Gentile sweater. Yeah, it's not the, a like cream cable knit sweater. I agree. I agree. I thought that too. <laughs> like, and I can't explain why, but it just is. Uh, so what did you think of like the realism? I also think thrusting chocolates on someone is really not a Jewish mother thing. It's not. It's, it's That's an Italian a... mother thing from what I, I think, hear from my time friends. I think Jewish mothers get a little bit of like, oh, they love feeding people. But that's more like holiday feeding. Uh, there are definitely mothers that do this, but I think that's like a weird stereotype. And that I do think is much more Italian than Jewish. Daily, you're right. Holiday feeding, event feeding funeral shivas food on food on food like there's jewish weddings bounty of food like you will never not have food at a jewish event day to day like my mom would rather never talk to me again than have sent me like chocolate on a holiday like people would my mom and i were just laughing about this because in my sorority house people would open like chocolate oreos whatever from their moms and my mom would send me like socks nail polish remover like utility items like my mom would never try to contribute to me gaining weight frankly like that's, right and like, no for it's sure really not i think a you've Jewish mentioned thing. this before but <laughs> yeah i think that i think that does make sense maybe it's like maybe moms are sending their sons but not their daughters could there be some sort of sexism thing there possibly i did think that but it's still not the case that my mom are you sure you want to text like, your brother, and be brother. Like, hey, when i've you seen it you? you've seen it okay no, in college, I mean, she would be more willing to do that. But that's, I like you said, it's not really a daily Jewish mom thing. Yeah, I like I even like growing up, it was my mom would will make like thirty courses for Shabbat, but like on an average Wednesday night when it was just me at home uh, when I was a kid, she was not like, "Hey, what do you want to eat? I'm going to give you these things." Like you basically had to like ask for food, you know. And then I'm laughing at when she gets the hat and she's like, try the hat on. Well, take it off. You're in a restaurant. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that was funny. Like that. Some of it was so good. And then some of it, I think, missed the boat a little bit. I think that what you're talking about, like the stereotyping, and I do think Jewish moms get a bad rap in, I mean, in the way I talk about my mom and it's undeserved. But like when Nick is like, oh, she's a little overbearing. And he's like, that's anti-Semitic. Like she just cares a lot. Like it is yes. very like, don't talk about my Jewish mother or you know, you'll have to answer to me, but I could talk about it. Uh, yeah, it was so it was funny, but not accurate. That's what I would sort of sum it up as. Um, Nick, right. I think the scene of them writing the thank you notes and trying to figure out from the bar mitzvah video using Allie and Winston's cop skills was one of the most genius scenes in television. Great. It was great. I agree. It was such a funny scene. Zooming in on people to see, like, if you could see who that was, we could... Figure stuff out about them and write them. And he actually did a pretty good job. I would not recognize, like, my parents' friends from my bar mitzvah. I've, if I had to look at my wedding photos now, I wouldn't recognize some of my friends from the from the <laughs> photos, honestly. Really, I wouldn't. Oh, that was always the best part as a kid is going through my parents' wedding album and having them point out who's who. And, like, they didn't know. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, we don't talk to him anymore. So I believe yeah, it. Yeah, I did with my dad's yearbook once. I remember he was like, this guy's dad, this guy's dad. It was like, all right, this is depressing. <laughs> to whom it may concern... Um, it is true when Schmidt's like, my mom's going to check them. Like, that to me rang very true. <laughs> um, all right. That was just a great scene. I do think one of the things they missed that would have been better if it was an extended episode is that Louise would have never agreed. Like, I think 
there were two ways to go with the bar mitzvah money. One is the way it goes, like, yeah, you can have it as soon as you do your thank you notes, like some seemingly trivial, like, grudge being held, of like, standard being held. Or two, what's it for? Like, a mom meddling on their adult son's use of the money and that she would never approve of him investing in the bar. Yeah, she would definitely. This this bar? No. She wouldn't even walk into this bar. I don't think she'd approve of the use of the money of him investing it in any bar. In any bar, yeah, but I don't think she would she would even, like, step foot in this bar, honestly. Well, she says that at the end. She's like, wait, this is what you're using it for? Um, yeah. Ultimately, he ends up sort of standing up to his mom, but in true my mom fashion, she is not actually influenced by my argument. She's influenced by a stranger at the nail salon who turns yeah. out to be Cece. That also, I think, rang very true for me. Yeah, for absolutely. Uh, it's, like, more legitimate when, uh, you know, you hear from somebody else. I think Which, it w- works that way with a lot of things. I'll say like, "Oh, you know, tell I'll tell someone like, tell Mara like my opinion," and then she'll like, "Okay, oh, well, you know, someone else said this." Like, "All right, fine." We're, we're <laughs> Let's quickly touch on Winston and Allie. Winston's trying to be friends with Allie. Allie later reveals it's because she had an incident with her last partner where they became really close. The partner fell in love with her, and it ruined everything. Winston, in a great way, delivers. Ooh, you can see this. <laughs> it cracks me up. Um, where's this, where's this going? Do you think this is going towards a friendship? I mean, do you think that this is foreshadowing like a rift in their own relationship? I think they are going to date. Yes. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that they're going to like date or something like that. See, I read this as like a foreshadowing of a dissolution of the partnership, but like maybe not for the same reason. Like maybe... Allie falls in love with Winston, so concerned that the reverse is going to happen, or like she's going to then want to be really close friends with him, and he's going to actually not like her, like because like he worked so hard to try to get their friendship off the ground. I don't know. I wasn't sure where this was going because it's it's kind of interesting that they just like put it on the table. Like the last partner was a will they won't they, and he was in love with me. Like what about you? Yeah, I think this will become a dating thing. And it seems like Allie's maybe here for a little while. Nassim is uh, sticking around for maybe the rest of the season or something. And Keeves' rules didn't end in the episode, so. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so they end up investing in the bar. I, one thing I thought was a little inaccurate, I do feel like a Jewish mom would love Jess. I liked that she didn't like her, but I think a Jewish mom would like a warm caring woman who like runs up and is like in your yeah face. but she is a lot i think she would like ultimately like her yes but i think she is a lot you'd be more of a success socially if you let people come to you I was, that me up. I was at the nail salon speaking to some mexican lady <laughs> all right keeve uh we talked about whether you think Allie's gonna stick around what's gonna happen there flim flam jimmy jam and producer kelly edmund stewart all asked a similar kind of question of just like Cece and Schmidt's mom is a big hole here because Cece never meets Schmidt's mom knowing it's her mom. Schmidt's mom cast a, a, like, well, you could never date my son over my dead body to Cece, which is weird to just say to a stranger at a nail salon. Is this going to come back up? Are they going to remember this interaction when they eventually meet? Are they never going to meet? It would really play off. It would be sweet if this ever paid off, but um, I'm not sure it would, but it would be very cool if it did. All right. Who won the episode? Who wins the episode? Uh, not Jess. She gets exposed. 
There's no, like, sort of fallout from that also. We don't see, like, the girlfriend, like, beat her up or kick her out, right? There's no, like, uh, I guess I guess punishment enough is seeing that picture of her uh, her sex, which is just her bra over her shirt. And she reveals it. She's like, oh, my God, my sex. And she's like, this is a sex. Like, um, she's been like, I lost a bet at Je- work. We're, like, sports bros. Jess, it's, it is funny because Jess, we've talked about this, like, switches off between being a regular person and being like this very like uh, virginal like uh, like the most innocent person on earth, you know, depending on what they need from her. Right. Um. Who wins the episode? I will say Schmidt because he sort of like helps fix the relationship or change the dynamic of the relationship with his mom and gets the ten thousand dollars, which is you know terrible investment, but it's what he wanted. His bar mitzvah money. It's free money, ten thousand dollars. So his investment is technically free. He's been waiting twenty years for it or whatever. I do think Schmidt wins the episode if we based on who has the best outcome out of this mixed with like funny. I think if it's like pure funny, it might be Winston. And if it's outside of the core six, I think it's like Schmidt's mom for funny because she was cracking me up. Uh, Producer Kelly says of the core six Winston, of the non-core six Allie, the two of them were amazing and hilarious in every one of their scenes. And they ended the episode in a great place as partners and friends. Matt Stewart said Schmidt for standing up to his mom and being part owner of the bar. Um, we've got a great, uh, banana minute that I'll insert into this part of the episode. Hey, Yosef. Hey. Hey, you know what today is? Everything. Well, what do you do for your birthday in school? Bake the cake myself. You bake the cake yourself? What kind of cake? Uh, basketball cake. What does that mean? Like a cake with basketball players and a little bit of ball on it. I heard a crazy rumor that you made the cake yourself. Is that true? How do you make a cake? You put in four eggs, two cups of sugar, Mm -hmm. two two cups of flour. Then you bake it. Yeah. Then you put the flour on. Yeah. Then you put the players in the... This is an important step of the cake. You put the players on, yeah. And then you put the hoop on. How do you know the hoop? How do you know which players were you and which players were were your friends? Because your two friends also were in the party with you, right? Yeah, I'm the little ball number one. Oh yeah, ball hog. You were number one. Yeah. Because it's your first birthday, right? Birthday mm. number one. No. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then we already plugged Groundhog Day. Renap will be back or is back. 32 fans, uh, the challenge, we're wrapping up the finale next week, the reunion next week, and then going into challenge universe, whatever. Uh, follow Keeve at Keeve26. Follow me at Lash Tweets. Keeve, next week, season four, episode 20. Yeah. Par five. I, par five. Uh, we're going on a charity golf outing. That's my guess. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully. Bye, Keeve. Bye. Bye, 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 bye,